You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Jagrit. Hey, Robbie. How's it going? So, Jagrit, tell me a little bit about yourself. First of all, your name. Where do you come from exactly? Are you Were you born in America or are you from Central America? No, actually, I was born in New Delhi, India. It's a capital of India situated in the north. And my name actually comes from an old language called Sanskrit. Have you heard of Sanskrit before? Yes, I have. So absolutely. It's an, it's an ancient language and it's still preserved in some sort in India. And then my parents decided to name me because of that. But I uh, pretty much grew up in India all my life until I moved to Canada five or six years ago. And uh, right now I'm a student at the University of Waterloo where I'm pursuing a degree in finance and business. Nice. So, so what do you do professionally? Like, What do you do every single day like for a job? I'm in, uh, as I said, marketing and finance for a Canadian automotive retail company. So I help them on their external marketing side. But uh, personally, I value creativity above everything else. So in order to answer your question, I'd say that I wake up every day to create something new and authentic. Do you find it awesome like when you're creating something new? Like a lot of people get kind of, I guess, taken off by the process Uh, Mostly because they feel like everything's already been created, but there's so much that we have not even thought about making yet that's going to be like, how did we live without it 20 years from now? Absolutely. No, I think I totally, totally agree with you. See, I believe that the reason why people don't follow the stuff they want to follow, and I think why people don't, why people are not as creative as they want to be creative is because of all the stories they tell themselves as to why they can't achieve it. Uh, you said it in your last podcast as well, like they tell themselves the excuses that things have already been created out there, so there's no room to play, there's no wiggle room at all. But I tend to come in and disagree with that. I think everyone has that creative element in it, you just need to find it. Now, it does require a lot of effort to find it, I tell you that, but once you do, things are not the same. Do you think that a lot of it has to do with just people lack a little bit of creativity because society kind of pushes it down in a way? people purposely hiding their creativity by either following what other people are, fo- are doing right now, just like a herd of sheep, so their true authenticity gets hidden, or they just tend to, you know, they're just distracted. They tend to procrastinate. Uh, Netflix, I would say, is a huge destroyer of creativity because you're not doing what you're supposed to do, but you're replacing it with something which is not productive at all. Yeah, well, uh, what's really crazy is a lot of the technology, Instagram, any type of game on your phone, anything like this, these are all distractions, and we don't even take the time to really look at that. Like, how, you know, the writing, just the skill of writing, that is like becoming a dead art now. Like, there's so very few writers compared to what there was like 20 years ago. I've I've talked to people that, I've talked to people that are my age, that are writing books, and I'm like, how are you doing that? Like, I feel so lazy since you've already like wrote a book and they're like, well, not a lot of people our age do it because no one wants to sit down and actually write something in complete silence. And I'm like, it's just like, for me, I have ADHD. So it's like, my mind's 
going everywhere. I'm already thinking about like conspiracy theories and just everything possible. But then I'm like, when I sit down and podcast and I get into a real conversation with somebody where I'm looking like where I'm just talking one-on-one, I find that I become more connected because I'm learning and I can ask the questions I want to ask, whether, you know, I want to learn about like a little bit from where you're from. I want to learn about what you want to do in life. I want to learn about everything. I'm just so sparked by it. Absolutely. I totally agree with you there, Robbie. So uh, coming back to your point where you said writing is kind of like a dead discipline. Now, yes, I do agree with that. When I talk to youngsters, people of my age in their early 20s, you know, and I tell them that I like writing contemporary poetry. I like writing blog or on a blog channel of my own. And they, they tell me, first of all, why do you do that? That sounds so boring. And second of all, where do you get the time to do that? Now, to address that, I, I like to say, as you said, you value face-to-face communication. You want to know what the other person wants to do. You want to know where he or she comes from. What are their aspirations from life? And I believe writing is the same way. It's another sort of communication in which you're translating your own thoughts, which you have in your mind, but you're actually bringing them out through this medium, which is called writing. So exchange of stories is going on, whether you're doing it face-to-face or you're writing something out. Well, I, I like I've talked to... um. There's another person that's been a broadcaster that I've known, like he's influenced me heavily in my life. And he, he was always talking about how his dad could never say a word to him, but wrote and published so many New York Times bestseller books because he was able to speak in a different way, not with the words that he uses, much like some like speakers or broadcasters do. But he was able to sit down and when that pen or pencil hit his hand, he was able to express himself so freely. And I see those people. I'm like, I get it because I've I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little ashamed by it, but I do write poetry. I find that sometimes I get into a mood and these things just click into my head. And then I just start writing them down, and next thing I know, it's like it's it's there we go. I have a poem right there, and it's it's not half bad, but I don't let anybody see it. But I was I just decided I needed to make a journal for this because this is something that's getting lost. The fact that they took out cursive in school when I was learning, like I don't even know how to write it. Right. And like, right. So, so it's replaced by typing now, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like we're seeing so many things where I say technology is awesome, but like losing the inspiration for writing, like that has been a beneficial tool for to mankind since the beginning of when we first started to use anything, utilize any type of tools, any major productive moment in history. Like the fact, like the typewriter, be kind of became a little bit like impacting writing, but not even like. My grandparents were in school. They were writing with ink and quill. Like they, they were doing stuff like that. Exactly. So I think you're you're absolutely right in the sense that the value of writing is slowly diminishing. But in order to tackle that, what we should do is one way to do it is, like I said, reintroducing courses like uh, calligraphy. You know, cursive writing, so that people understand the value of creating stories. There's a different feeling to it when you write something, when you create something and people appreciate it. It's the same as reading a book. Now, I would much prefer reading paper books over reading it on my Kindle or on my tablet. The same principle applies there. Now, if you're a traveler, if you travel around, then I do understand that you can't carry a load of books with you. That's when you need to use Kindle and iPad. But let's say you're in a hotel on a vacation and what's wrong with taking a paper book over, over an iPad? Yeah, something that has, at my work, they have a... Um a borrow your own bookshelf or a borrow your own book. So you just return it back when you're done with it. 
And we usually get a lot of elderly people at my work. So it's like they're the ones only really reading. But, you know, I mean, I I started doing when I go to thrift stores and start getting those deals, man. Let me tell you, if you go to a thrift store, you get deals like a buck for a freaking Nintendo DS. Yeah. But I'm talking about I'll I'll just buy books because they'll be like, how much is this? And they'll be like, oh, 25 cents. I'm like, what? Like, I bought the whole Percy yeah. Jackson series in my podcast room. I have a bookshelf. Like I have a bookcase filled with Stephen King books, all these types of things. Now, do I read them? Not really, but they make me look smart. I just think that like a lot of old school type, I guess, skills like this, like reading, all these types of things, they're becoming newer and newer. And sooner or later, it might become a dead art. I don't know if reading's always going to be around. I think it's just going to be a basic necessity. But as a hobby, like what happened to bookstores? Those are gone. You don't really see a Barnes and Noble anymore turned into like Blockbuster where there's like one left. Exactly. No, totally agree with that. Even even book clubs now that you see, you you'll see people of you know previous generation running them. I am yet to I might be wrong, but I'm yet to meet someone of my age who's enthusiastic about a book club or starting a book club. You know, uh, it's the same thing. Like people used to gather around bonfires, as you know, to tell each other stories. Now we don't even spend time eating dinner with our family because we are too busy watching TV shows in our own rooms. So there is that element of technology replacing. Uh, technology is good and it's bad. It depends on how you use it. I'm not going to get into that. But as far as creativity is concerned, some of the things that we used to value before that hold a lot of value as well are getting vanished in today's age. Do you think storytelling and these types of arts just kind of adapted to a new form instead of being written down? Like Much like podcasting is kind of a little bit of storytelling. But like, do you remember the very first printed story? Do you know what that was? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I couldn't quite hear you there. Do you remember the very first printed story? The very first printed story, you mean? Printed story. Uh, 700, no, no idea. It's 700 BC, man. The Epic of Gilgamesh, oh, 700 dude. 700 BC. The Epic of Gilgamesh. Right. That was created in Mesopotamia to other parts of Europe and Asia, dude. Like, that... Right. There was it was throughout our history that writing was a thing, and nowadays it's being translated or I guess manipulated into technology. I don't see technology as as evil as I usually talk about. I just think that we're losing some basic necessities or basic skills we kind of have to have to really survive, or that should always be in our wheelhouse. You know what I mean? I, I totally understand that. Absolutely. You know, in terms, whether you're a student or you're a working professional, like, at some point in your life, right, you got to get out and you got to talk to people. Even in today's age, even 10 years later, whether it's on FaceTime, video calling, Skype, or face-to-face, you have to talk to people. Now, if you lack the necessary soft and social skills to do that, you're going to have a hard time, right? So things like storytelling, no matter what the medium is, whether you can incorporate technology into tell your story a bit more effectively, job done perfectly you know so these are skills that you need to polish you need to learn and i think creating and distributing stories is is a vital skill in today's Well, we all have a social skill that kind of needs to be filled i always chalk it up to the example of sims you know that old video game oh yeah definitely well like that social meter that's there much like you have a bathroom meter and all these things that's something you need that's something that like 
if someone if you don't talk to anybody for a year or so when someone finally does talk to you or just be nice to you you feel like you've been hugged by like your soul's been hugged you're like holy crap and i think a lot exactly. i think a lot of what's happening nowadays is that people are too afraid to associate anymore because technology is making it easier for them to stay home and lack the basic, I guess, drive to pursue anything anymore. That's true. That's true. And one more thing which I get is um, they're just afraid to, like, you know, break the ice with people. Now, I'd say, like, five to six years ago, I was kind of like this introverted, minding my own business, playing video games and writing stuff, which was not really getting out anywhere. So I decided to take it on myself because I understood the value of meeting people and the, the value of having, you know, networks and connections. So I decided to go out and just say hi to 10 people every single day. Now, I wouldn't return home without saying hi to at least 10 people. Now, to my surprise, a lot of people did say hi back and we were able to have quality conversations. You know, when I started out, it was very awkward because I, I would have said hi, the other person said hi, and then I didn't know where to go from there. But eventually, like, as I started doing this every single day, I figured out the necessary transition words and how to jump into one story and then how to say bye-bye, you know? So I took it upon myself, and since then, I've, I've not been afraid of meeting new people. On the contrary, I now enjoy going to uh, networking events and just try to meet as many people as I can, just try to surround myself with as many stories as possible. How do you – so does that inspire you to write a little bit more, just being able to kind of be more open? Because I found out I can't really make a justification or a claim on anything I have not seen the other side's point to. So I decided to start experiencing other people's thoughts and other people's experiences to try and decipher th through my own interpretation. Definitely. I think you put it very nicely. I think uh, there are two things that happen here. First of all, I used to view life through my own perspective. When I was not talking to anyone, it was a very singular view. Now, when I started going out and started talking about similar topics with other people, irrespective of whether they agreed with me or they disagreed, I got another perspective. And then I was like, that was my aha moment. I was like, ah, so here's another way to look at it. And that's interesting. I'm not telling you that you're right or wrong, but I'm acknowledging the fact that your vision is different than mine. So that kind of opened my mind into new possibilities. That kind of connected me with different stories. And yes, because I was translating what was in my head to my words, I decided to use another medium and I started writing. Now, some of my poems, uh, you'd see, follow the pattern of the first paragraph would be how I interpret a situation, and then the second paragraph would be how someone else comes in and changes the entire mentality. So yes, definitely, I do agree with you on that one. What specific stuff do you write about? Started, it was more of, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Ernst Hemingway, always have been. I don't know if you know who Hemingway was, but uh, he's a very, very recognized author. Um, and, and I love his principles that he used to write. He uses this thing called the iceberg theory, where he wouldn't tell you what he's writing about, but he would kind of put a story around the fact. He wouldn't disclose it, but he would put down all the other facts and figures and would lead you to understand what he's talking about. For example, in one of his novels, in one of his short stories, he's talking about abortion. When he has never used the word abortion in it, he just plots a story and then the reader has to work himself or herself to understand that, okay, he's talking about abortion. So that, that hint of, you know, that hidden message 
is something that I've always found interesting and I try to incorporate that in my own poetry and in my own prose that I write. So in terms of poetry, I talk about contemporary issues, issues doing with, um, you know, moral ethics, about cheating, about love, and most of it's about empowerment, motivation, and, uh, you know, valuing your own creativity and how to find your creativity. I know you said your passion is being an entrepreneur, but what, like just being able to create as much as possible, but do you have a certain thing that your, like your life goal is like a, a passion deep down that you just want to do like one object? Absolutely. Now for me, right. It's all about inspiring and empowering other people. Now that may sound very vague, but there's a story to it. One of the things that I want to achieve in life is I want to be a killer public speaker. <laughs> Now, public speaking is something that I've always looked for. And I want to just jump on the stage and talk value to a million faces out there. Uh, I want to empower people by being creative. I want to empower people to follow what they want to follow and not be, you know, not following someone else, not falling into that trap of, okay, if he's doing that, I got to do it. Now that, so public speaking is something that I value and I work every single day to become a better speaker. And it's something that I want to achieve later down in life. So empowering other people through the medium of speaking and sharing my own story as well as hearing their story is something that motivates me as well. I think a lot, like a lot of people underestimate the power of, first of all, motivation. Um, I think a lot of it's lacking today. But like, just like a lot of people don't even see the point of reading a, like a good book. They think a movie is going to be easier. Let me tell you, I've enjoyed some books that have left an impact in, into me that have maybe changed my perspective on life. Like Those Winter Sundays by Robert Hayes. You ever heard of that poem? Yeah. Let me tell yeah. you something. Listening to that and just reading that, I could picture the cracking of the literally the frost on the window like on a cold, cold winter day. And then just like being in the covers, I know that feeling of being in the covers wrapped up like a cocoon and being like, I don't want to move. It's just a little too cold. I don't want to go anywhere. And just just staring out my window while I'm laying down and just seeing that. And I was able to picture that while reading something. Absolutely. You know how hard it is? It's an imagination. Yeah, yeah. You know how hard it is for someone to write something and then impact somebody, like make a vision in their head? And a lot of people think it's the most difficult thing in the world. Let me tell you, it's not. You could write a story and make it so good or make it so impactful to somebody if you put your passion into it, you put your drive into it. A lot of people think that like they have to be a William Shakespeare to write some novel or some literature. I tell you, you don't have to be. You just have to want to do it. You can't just sit there and be like, I'm going to write a book. Like there's this one uh, thing about Bigfoot I was reading. They do Bigfoot pornography and it's like a book right. about seducing Bigfoot and the lady wrote it in an, okay. the lady wrote it in an hour and it's like a thousand words. Like just wrote it and like it's it's selling off the shelves and I was like because she had the drive to put that in there. Like anything is appetizing to anybody. You just have to be willing to experience it and willing also to put the effort into either writing it or just reading it. Absolutely. And people ask me stuff, dude, you're not even doing English literature in school. You're going for, you're going for finance, you know, like, how do you write stuff? I'm like, you don't have to have a degree in English to write something. It's a direct translation of what you're thinking. So if you can have thoughts, right, you can, you can write something. You can put emotion to it. 
you can make the other one move with your writing. And that's something which I tend to achieve in a practice. Do you find a lot of people kind of like, I, you know, the trick with the artists do like when they write books, like I, I podcasted with this one woman, um, who's Muslim. And she said that like, she felt like her message wouldn't get across about empowerment because of the fact that she's a woman and she's Muslim. And I'm like, you know, that's the trick that authors do when they're from a different, either ethnicity or different gender is they'll save their picture and the info about the author to the very back of the book because you get caught by the title and then you open up the first page. If the person is either a different ethnicity or something, it can discourage certain readers from reading it just because of how right. closed-minded they may be. And that's why a lot of them save it for the back. I heard that and I was like, why are we justifying what is a good read and what is like maybe the like the most impactful thing to us based on who wrote it? Like, that's ridiculous. That's, yeah, judging the book by its cover literally right there. Yeah, I, I'm like, I find that, you know, like like you said, you're going to school for finance, but you're, hey, you're passionate about writing and you're passionate about doing these types of things. That's not, that's not all from a lot of kids what they do to when they go to college. I thought I had a passion for helping younger kids and, or, and helping my generation kind of overcome this drug problem that's going on in the world today. But I ended up switching and transferring over to psychology and then transferring over to what I might want to do is philosophy. And I'm like, I have no idea what I want to do yet. I, I, I enjoy podcasting. I, I love talking to people. I love getting the word out there. Like we all live here, but no one understands to just learn an hour, just take an hour out of your day to learn something about somebody that you might find interesting. You might find a bond you never knew you could have with someone across the world. Absolutely. I think close-mindedness is the worst enemy that you can ever have. That's what I believe. It limits you from all the opportunities that you can attract, provided you just go out and say hi to people. As you said, spare an hour from your time and learn. Learn something new. You don't understand how many friends you can make that you have been avoiding so far in the, in the same world that you share. Yeah, you don't have like I like I was saying, you don't have to be a William Shakespeare to write a tale, man. Any your life is a tale. You're practically writing a book right now. You're telling me the story of Jagrid Singh, man. Like you're telling me yeah. everything like that you're interested about. I love it. And I love having this conversation because you it, whenever someone says like they don't think it's for them, they don't think it's like that's their fit. It's like how do you know if you're not gonna put the effort into pursuing it? Absolutely. Now uh, one of the guys that I look up to is Jordan Belfort. I don't know whether you know who that is. Oh my God, Wolf of Wall Street? Wolf of the Wall Street, then yeah. you might have some idea about it. Dude, the Wolf of Wall Street uh, is the best movie ever, but not even the movie. The fact that go. he made everyone considers him a such a like a piece of crap because he found a way to make money off of, I guess, abusing the poor. But I'm like, that was a man that was in a that wanted to pursue something, he did it, but he did it in a very kind of shitty way to other people. But the fact that he was, he knew what he wanted, he pursued it. And he also created this freaking development or this, this, this idea that was able to just, I mean, trick so many people. But the fact you can sell penny stocks and make so much money off of it. If you make them invest like thousands of dollars, like, you know, that, that movie was inspiring. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, it's not only the movie that inspires me, it's Jordan Belfort's personal life. You know, he did something which was unethical, right? He paid for it. And it's the 
way he came back. Now, I believe that a true champion, you know, is recognized not when he's winning, but when he's not. You know, what sort of talk does he or she have with themselves? What are going through their minds? What is their mindset like when things are not going according to the plan? And one of the things he told me is he found out the purpose when he was in jail, why he wanted to get back and be a better person than he was before. And that was because of his family, because of his kids. That was the reason. That motivated him. So he came out, he cleaned up everything. And then he gave this message. He said, the only thing that is stopping you from doing what you want to do, the only thing that is stopping you from becoming what you want to become, is all the bullshit you tell yourself as to why you can't do it. I want to write. But if I'm telling myself all this excuses that, I lack the necessary skill to write. I don't even go to college for English literature. I don't even, I can't even write a word. There are all the excuses that we need to ignore and just do it, you know? I think like a lot of the, what the movie kind of portrayed was this flashy image of kind of like a guy that kind of had like this, this quick idea, but nobody really knows like the true basic story behind it. And the fact that he's motivationally speaking now to help people kind of just telling him his experience and telling him if you have a drive to do something, you really can like using the straight line system of sales advice. Absolutely. Like a lot of people don't like his quote, you know, I asked my cust or I asked my people not to judge me by my winners, but judge me by my losers because I have so few. That's true. Like that's true. Any if anybody takes anything away from that movie besides all the cocaine that he's sniffing off everybody's ass, but you know, it's it's yeah. it's the fact that a man was given like the the ideas and the and the tools of his mind to be able to make money the way he can make money. He cheated the system. But the fact that we live on a flawed system anyway that sees anybody as procrastinating in society as a problem. I think what right. he like I said, what he did was wrong, but you know, there are so many other things around us which everyone just sees this, but no one sees the other stuff that's going around, the other stuff, the other things that bad people do. I'm like, there's always kind of a way someone's going to have a problem with something. He made money the way he could make money. So he did it. I think anybody who takes that drive into anything they want to do and anything they feel like they should be doing, they just need to do that. I'm like, first of all, I'm a big, 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 big influencer when it comes to writing because let me tell you something. You, When you're writing something down, whether it's your grocery list, like I still write my grocery list on a piece of paper. I like having that pencil or pen in my hand. Nothing beats – I mean the feeling of having a good pen in your hand, oh god. But – the fact that like when you're writing something down, it's it's so much more like I guess accomplishing or more of like better just than typing something into your phone. Like I, I when I type something in my phone, I really feel like it's not set in stone. I feel like I have to write it down to really remember it. Absolutely. Same comes with, you know, like opening a new notebook, the feeling you get when you open a blank notebook. You know what I'm talking about when you start, the, when you write the first page of your journal, you know? Yeah, it's like that freaking, it's that like... That feeling motivates you. Yeah, I feel like also when it comes to like just reading a book, like feeling the pages like in your hand, that, that nice like paper... I mean, feel, feeling yeah, that, yeah. that makes you kind of want to flip to the next page and get that crisp touch. I told my buddy who was going through major kind of depression issues, I told him, I was like, what do you like to do? He's like, I like to read books a little bit. I'm like, well, next time you're feeling overwhelmed by everything around you, grab a book, focus on the paper, the crinkliness of the pages, hearing it go whoosh, 
whoosh, every time you're like just reading on to the next page, focus on that, find that purity of it and then get enriched into the story. And he was like, okay. And he came back and sent me a text. He was like, dude, that was the best thing ever. Like that was the best advice. I was like, you need to kind of close off the outside world at times. How many times are you on Netflix and you're watching Netflix, but at the same time you're on your computer, you're on your phone, you're also doing whatever, what, listen to something, in your headphones, you're like, have six things going on at once. Like you're not focusing on one thing anymore. And if you're you're if you're spreading yourself that thin, you're not going to be good at anything. Everything's going to be half-assed. That's true. That's true. I think you, you just pile yourself up with so many distractions that you lose your true authenticity. And I think it's important for everyone out there um, to spend at least five to ten minutes either reading books and trying to figure out what is their escape. Now, what is something that they like to do, that they enjoy to do? They can cut themselves away from the world for a little bit, try doing that activity, and trust me, you'll find yourself, you'll find those sides that you didn't even know existed within you. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think a lot of people think that they don't matter. I, I, I really have a problem with this, and I feel like I usually always talk about it, but it's the truth. I mean, you talk to anybody. I've, I've, I've talked to hundreds of people now, and it's like that's not just hundreds of people. That's just hundreds of podcasts, but everyone falls on the same thing like, hey, um, this is kind of crappy because we all kind of judge each other, and nobody's really – finding themselves worth anything anymore because we're so worried about somebody else. I'm like, dude, that's what I'm thinking about the world right now. Like I've talked to people in other countries who don't like being here, who are like, it's worse in America. I'm like, why is that? I, I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a deep wantingness and a deep passion for people to want to pursue more. And I feel like we're lacking it entirely. Absolutely. Now, I think the problem with a lot of us is that we want to make an impact, but we are not really willing to work through it. You know, we want to be mattered in this world. We want to hold some sort of value, but we want a shortcut to, to get there. We're not willing to put in the action. Just like if I'm standing at the bottom of a mountain, I'm only seeing the top. I'm not really seeing the mountain. If I want to get to the top, right, I need to strategize. I need to see the mountain. I need to climb it. Now, it could take me five days or ten days, but when I climb it, the feeling is different. Then I matter. You know, so you gotta put in the action, you gotta put in the work. And then people will start to value you. Yeah. I, I think like your mountain example, like there was a guy that took a blind dude up Mount Everest. Now he could have took him up a quarter of the way and said, All right, take a good look around, like there you go, you're here, you know. Oh, uh, you can't see anything, yeah. so you don't even know if you're at the top. But he literally was like, No, I'm gonna make sure that this actually happens for this guy. I don't want him to think and believe that he went a quarter up the mountain or he went all the way up the mountain and saw everything. And they get all the way up there. And you know what the blind guy said to him? Yep. He goes, tell me what it looks like. Take a look around for me. And the dude was like, so like, I mean, his heart like just shattered. He was like, wow, man, like you did all this and then you want me to interpret it for you. He just goes, I'm really sorry that you're missing this, but let me, let me tell you something. You feel this? And he was like, he grabbed his arm. He was like, dude, you're here. You're here. This is the top of Mount Everest right now. And you made it. You're blind and you made it. And he goes, yep. Thank you so much. And I, I'm like, anybody 
that is willing to pursue something like someone's like, oh, I don't want to pursue poetry because it's so stupid. I mean, I, I'm 20 years old. I'm going to do poetry. Like what? It's like, dude, there's a blind guy that climbed Mount Everest. You know how probably stupid he felt, but he was so happy and so at peace that he was able to do that. Even though he's blind, he didn't get to see the beauties that we all see in the reason why you climb Mount Everest. He just wanted to accomplish and feel that he actually did something that seemed so counterintuitive. All right. And I think, Robbie, a lot of it comes down to the blame game that people are playing today. They'll blame the government. They'll blame their house finances. You know, they'll blame themselves that I wasn't born with disability, so I can't do this. So I think it's time that we stop playing the blame game and actually do something which is worth it, you know, and, and try to persist it, not just do it halfway. You know, uh, stickability is 95% ability. So just stick with it, you know, stick with the process. And then once you achieve it, it's going to be a totally different feeling. But, and that's something which I tend to do every single day. Yeah, but so many people don't just don't have that drive for it, dude. Like the, the ability to yeah. try and pursue something just because it's hard. Like it's so much easier just to be able to, you know, curl up to a blanket and just chill at home all day. Like you don't want to go out and pursue the world anymore. I don't, I don't know why we think like this, but I, I think there's, there's just a problem that's going on. I think, you know we're going to lose basic necessities sooner or later. We're not going to really need to know how to write anymore because everything's going to be typing. I'm just like, it's, right. it's ridiculous. And actually, like at this point, this point, I want to ask you this question because I know the amount of work you have put into and what you have achieved is, is, is extraordinary, Robbie. But what do you think stops people from getting what they can get? They're equipped with so much potential, but they're not using it. Why do you think that's happening? First of all, I, I'm really, I really like that compliment that you said that I'm like pursuing a lot. I'm really not, dude. I'm, I'm just doing what I'm trying to do my best out in the world. I think that's really what you can ask of anybody is just to try to do something you want to do. I think definitely any step forward you take should be in towards of what you want to do and not what others tell you you should do. Um, but I, I, I don't know, man. I just find that like, a lot of us are just – we're falling under mean world syndrome. We're falling under the world's just a terrible, crappy place. People suck. Let me tell you something. People do suck. That's that, That's the fact. But let me tell you, deep down under that sucky, sucky outside, there's a beautiful inside. I've seen it. I've seen people that choose to let that inside, that beauty, that goodness show. I, I, when I see it, especially when I'm upset and I'm just upset over something stupid like my internet's out. But the fact is – those people are like, I understand you're going through something. Let me tell you, it's okay. And just being able to see that from someone else's perspective, that'll humble you, dude. That'll bring you down to your, that'll bring you down to like the, oh shit, we're all living here together and we all got to kind of care for one another. Whether you, you know, someone pisses you off right beside and dude, I felt fall at fault for it every day. I get angry, but at the same time I correct myself. I tell them, Hey, that's not me. That's not what I, I I want you to see me as. I want you to see me as whatever you want to interpret to me as. But everyone always comes down to the same conclusion. You're Robbie. I'm like, damn right I'm Robbie. Like, I don't want you to tell me I'm a good person or a bad person. I want you to be able to like, you just got to experience them yourself. You know, I think a lot, Absolutely. I think a lot of like kids my age and a lot of, you know, younger generations and it's getting worse and worse. They're falling to the, the norms of what society plays for them. And let me tell you. It's it's saddening to see. I'm, I, I mean, I'm in no way intelligent. I'm in no way good at what I do. 
I just enjoy doing it. And just like I always chalk up to the example, you can be, you can hate, 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 I mean, something, and but be really good at it and do it for the rest of your life, but you'll never be happy. But if you suck Absolutely. at something and you really enjoy doing it, you're going to love it for the rest of your life. I can tell you people that freaking hate the job they're in, and but they have something else they love, but they suck at it. But they keep doing it every day, even though they suck at it, because they're like, I love this. This is my relaxation. I like baking bread. I'm like, excuse me? Doesn't that take forever? And he goes, but it's so soothing. And then hearing them dive into it, it opens my eyes to believe that we all have something, even if we're really, really crappy at it, that we can do that's going to relieve the time. And if we just put any amount of time into that, any amount of effort into that, we'll be truly just happy with life and it'll create a better world. Yeah. And, and that, that's your creativity. You know, you just have to figure out what your escape is, what you love doing. Like what is one activity that when you complete it, you're the happiest person on the planet. Follow that. Do that. You know, like that, that will give you a feeling of fulfillment. That's your work, your full-time job. All the other work that you're doing around it would not be able to give. I think a lot. And, and that's the sort of kick that I get. Uh, that's the sort of kick I get out of hearing stories. You know, like I started my own podcast because I wanted to be around inspiring stories. And 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 in our case, we've not met each other before. This is the first time that we are talking, but we have so much in common. We have so much to talk about. And I think that's the beauty of it. Like you said, we have we have the same kind of problems, even though we live in two different countries. Uh, the ethnicity, the background is totally different, but still we are people, you know? We deal with the same stuff every single day, and we have a lot to talk about. I think there's always something on everybody's mind, but I feel like nobody feels like they have a voice or anything that means anything in the world anymore to try and project it. You know, one of my favorite books is The Smartest Book in the World, and that's by Greg Proops, the comedian. And it's literally just, that guy's intelligent, you know? The fact that we say... We decide to say www and saying instead of saying World Wide Web, even though World Wide Web is way faster than www. Like hearing that, yeah. and then like I'm like, what? Like what did I just read? Like it, oh my god! Like it, there's so many secrets, so many things to life that you can chase down to pursue. I mean, you said you like ping pong and you like doing these other types of things. You know how many people find that like just to be some stupid kids game? I'm like, no, it's not. It takes exactly. skill. If you really pay attention to ping pong, you have to have a type of accuracy. You have to make right, correct moves. It's just like chess. Yeah, I would love to sit down in the park and play chess with some guy, but at the same time, I want to be able to talk to them and be able to be like oh shit like you know something i don't know and it's like you're gonna find more secrets to life these things that everyone thinks is just endless and boring i'm like life is fucking pretty damn good but a lot of the time we choose to let it suck absolutely like my girlfriend makes fun of me saying that ping pong is not a real sport and i'm like well you're not offering yourself to learn the game you don't know the the kind of struggle that goes behind you know you need to play it and you got to put yourself in the situation to actually understand where it really is. And then you'll understand, wow, it's way harder than I thought it was. Yeah, I'm like... So you're absolutely right about that. I think, like, life is a chess match, man. You got to find where... Yeah. You got to find your route. You got to find your way to win. You got to find... And I, when I mean win, I mean what makes you feel like you won deep inside. Not something like, oh, like, I beat that guy. No, don't compare yourself to winning in that aspect. Compare yourself to winning as you accomplish something. 
Exactly. Now, like, some, something interesting was happening uh, three to four years ago when the whole American uh, elections was going on. I'm not gonna. I'm not a political guy, so I'm not gonna jump into politics at this point. But there was something interesting which I which I saw there. Uh, it was both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump when they were running. They both knew that they had 50% chance, only a 50% chance of winning. But that didn't stop them, right? Every single day they would show up, they would dress up, and they would act as if they are winning, knowing that only one of them could win. And that's the sort of attitude we need to have in our day-to-day lives as well. Life is a game of chess, like you said, and you need to understand the means of winning, what it matters to you. You might not win for the very first time. You might not win for 10 times straight. But you should never, never lose the attitude of winning. I think even so, if someone tells you it's a point zero 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 one percent chance of you accomplishing something that you want to do, I'm going to be like, well, I got a chance. So here I go. There we go. There I, we go. I think even that point zero 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 one percent chance can turn into 100% if you just put in the effort to accomplish it. Exactly. Like... Nobody climbed the Mount Everest before until someone did it, you know? Everything, everything's no a... No one went to moon yeah. before the Americans did it, you know? Yeah, well, so every... It has to be a first time for everything. Exactly. And it's like, if you're not going to take the time to become that first person, then, you know, it's always going to seem impossible. And I think that's a lot of what what hasn't been accomplished today. I think that one person that was supposed to do that just decided like, oh, that's that's not something I could ever do. And then it never has never happened yet. I feel like everything that becomes new, everything becomes like someone did it for the first time. You have to be the guy that wants to do that and wants to take every single aspect into pursuing it. And then you, it's going to happen. You're going to be that guy. Yeah. I'm going to hear a story about Jagrit saying that, you know, he inspired so many people with this awesome ass podcast. I'm like, what? And then I'm like, oh yeah. And did you know he's, he's won the Nobel prize for writing? I don't even know if there is one of those, but I'm like, what? Like he did it. And it's like, yeah, he's the first one out. And then like in this certain craft, I'm like, dude, cause I knew when I talked to him that he was going to do something up with this and he did it. Like, absolutely. Next thing you know, there's a documentary written about you and then you're like, oh shit. Now it's getting real. You never know. You just have to start. You never know the kind of opportunities that you can attract. And you just need to keep yourself open to all the stuff like you see yourself doing. I think my life changed when I was at a seminar and I saw this uh, saw this dude. His name was Drew Dudley. Now, I don't know whether you've heard of him or not, but he's a, he's a motivational speaker, very popular in, in North America. So he came in and the first line he said is, if you ask yourself while doing something, is this what I want to become is the person that I want to become should be doing this or not. That would change your life entirely. And that has been. When I'm watching Netflix and I'm wasting time, I ask myself, is the person that I want to become, that I aspire to become, does that sync with this activity that I'm doing right now? And if the answer is no, then it automatically drives me to shut that thing down and pursue something of value. So I think we need to ask ourselves, number one, what do we want to achieve in this world? What would happen? What would happen, right, if we don't do the things we want to do? How do we want to change this world, you know? And number two, we got to ask ourselves, what activities do we need to do right now for us to achieve that? 
in the future. Be willing to do what others are not doing today to get what you want tomorrow. I'll repeat that. Be willing to do what others are not doing today to get what you want tomorrow. How do you feel that people, like what advice would you give anybody to kind of see a change in just the way the world's working now? Well, I'd say look yourself in the mirror first. Are you where you want to be? If the answer is yes, then ask yourself, is there any improvement? Can I better myself? And if the answer is no, well, then you need to take a hard look inside you. You need to really, really ask yourself this question, why do I matter? God forbid if something happens to me tomorrow, what would I lose? You know? Am I just an average person who's stuck in the mediocrity of life? Or do I want to rise up and make the change? Now, if you want to be stuck in the average, if you want to be mediocre, that's totally fine. If that's your mindset, you don't want to go anywhere else, you're comfortable, that's okay. You know, you might take on some opportunities, you might not. If it works for you, okay, that's fine. But if you have kind of noticed that you have some elements that could make you a leader, but you're not pursuing all of that, you're wasting your potential away. Why? Because you've kind of hidden it with all the distractions and all the other stuff then you really need to take a hard look within you and ask yourself, well, I'm wasting my time doing this. Is it really worth it? Or should I be putting this towards something of more value? And I think that would drive the change. Do you think a lot of what kind of influenced you or just, I guess, your kind of mindset came from your country a little bit? I'd like to say yes, because um, there are a couple of factors. One thing didn't inspire me, but a lot of things did. So, First is my dad's an entrepreneur, he has his own business. So growing up, I kind of knew the amount of effort it takes to build something of your own from scratch, not to go to work nine to five, but to be self-disciplined enough, you know, to create a company. So growing up, like I followed my dad's principles, whatever he taught me. So that inspiration came from, from that side. Now, I, I have an entrepreneurship mindset, I know it to my dad, right? The second thing is growing up in India, which is a developing country and a third world country, you know, not a lot of opportunities for people to grow there. You see poverty lingering on the streets of India every single day. You can't just ignore it. So you really have to work for a living. So the sort of competitive nature came from there as I need to work, you know, I need to rise above. Um, and then it's, I went to my coaches, I went to my mentors and I've not like people that I follow, people like Jordan Belfort, people like Gary Vee, Simon Sinek, all these people that I talk to every single day by reading their books. Because I don't have to speak to them, but I could get the same mindset they have by watching their videos and reading their books. And they moved me. Their personal stories. I thought that it was bad on me, that life has been bad on me. But when I heard some of the people who started from minus, not even zero, but minus, and they still made it, it has always pushed me to do stuff. You know, I, I went back listening to one of my old podcasts. I, I I really try not to just because like I don't like hearing myself. I, I find when I start talking, I'm like, oh god. But um, you know, it was with this lady. Her name is Drew Patty Singh. She's from Central America. She told me a story about her being in an arranged marriage. How she was sold for this amount of money. Didn't was not comfortable there. Her whole life growing up in India and obviously I'm, I'm hearing myself become a little bit more educated because my first question I said to everything she had to say was, are there that many cows in India? Like, are they really in the middle of the road? And now listening to that, I'm like, I would have slapped the hell out of me, but it, it shows growth. 
it shows that yeah. my questions have become a little bit more, I guess, intelligent just when it comes to finding out the true basis of what people or what they're truly like dr driven for, like hearing her overcome yeah. all these things from being homeless when she came to this country from when she was going through drug addiction. And then now she's a mother of three. I mean, an amazing mom doing so much and like her whole life, like she's so happy now. And she's like, I can't picture anything like that. If I would have kept in that lifestyle. And I'm like, you had to go onto so much things and do so so much hard work that so many people in this country are just lacking because we have been given the best roll of the dice we have been given the fortunate aspect of being able to be near so much resources and having so much outlet for growth when a lot of countries like africa they're still eating dirt just to survive like i hear that i'm like it makes me want to travel. It makes me want to go and help out places. Not because I feel like I have a need to or I have a duty to. No, it's because I want to. I feel like a lot of people should be wanting to go to these places, not feel like it's their job to. Absolutely. Like learning and growing is the best thing that you can do. And, and one of the ways you want to achieve that is by traveling. Now, um, last year, I traveled to England. I decided to take uh, to do an exchange program six months, uh, Newcastle University up in the northeast of the country. And I met, I went there and I met people from all over the world, like from Europe, you know, India, Africa, people have come in to study and procure of different cultures. And we were put in a project where we had to work. Now, there were obviously some language barriers, cultural differences and everything. But we were all humans, right? We had that, we had that one sentiment in common that was teamwork. And we, we kind of came up with ideas to communicate with each other, and we learned a lot about different cultures. And I think growing and learning is part of the game, and nobody should shy away from it, but should really put their front foot forward and learn it. I think a lot of people lost the true aspect of humanity, and it's human nature to team up and you know influence each other and also be beneficial. We're, we're packed animals, basically. Like the fact that caveman, monkeys, whatever you want to believe we came from, when we were first hunting, we were doing it alone. Then we decided to work together to hunt down bigger prey and kill bigger enemies. We learned that groups of us could kill a mammoth and feed a whole village instead of just one of us killing a pig and feeding us for a day. Like we may, we have this instinctive need to benefit each other. But I feel like a lot, like what the world's coming to, where it seemed like everybody's compared evil or everybody's comparing one another, we're starting to fall out of our true nature. And like you can tell with some people, like some some people are like, oh, I don't know about him. But I guarantee you, if there's a, a major incident, that person would come together to help this person overcome that tragedy or come overcome that incident. But a lot of us are like right. constantly judging all the time. It's, it's really, really hard to think that people will do that for one another. But let me tell you, well, I, I'm upset that it has to take a, a, a major disaster, a terrible tragedy such as a natural disaster or terroristic threat where all of us have to come together and race doesn't matter anymore. Race should never be a thing. That should never even be brought up. Yeah. You have to judge a person based on their intelligence and what they think, not based on the color of their skin or whatever gender they fall under. Absolutely. I think preconceived notions are the worst thing to humanity. Now, it's too bad that we do have preconceived notions. Naturally, it comes natural to us. We do judge other people by the way they look, by the way they speak and everything. We should not be doing that. But at the same time, there are ways 
to destroy all of these preconceived notions. And this comes back to how we started this episode. It's by communicating. You know, it's by hearing their stories and then you find out. If you just go out and say hi to people for whom you had preconceived notions, you'll understand, wow, how wrong you were. Because uh, they share the same level of belief. They're human beings. They might have a different story. They might look different. They might sound different. You know, but it's this uniqueness among humans that makes them similar. Definitely. I mean, the fact that we were able, we're able to talk and become so connected on a level, even though we look nothing alike, we sound nothing alike, we come from two completely different places. The fact is, we all have a human connection. There's something that bonds all of us to everyone, whether you want to believe it or not. Absolutely. And I, I you know, it's, it's, it's hard for people to see that just because we're so we fall on the we fall on the justification of what looks really show like judge a book by its cover like, why? I'm telling you something that I've been able to read books that have not had a good cover that have had a plain front to it. And I've been so inspired by it and so driven to read the rest of it because it's something that we all can connect to. The fact that I really don't like that something has to be so familiar for people to find it entertaining. Anything is entertaining or just an interest to us, no matter what it looks like. Now, growing up, like, I was into a lot of Western music, like hip-hop, rock, uh, even country music fascinated me. Uh, don't judge me on that. But uh, then I kind of, like, decided to learn and grow. I tried to, you know, all the preconceived notions that I had about music from other countries, I decided to destroy them. So I, I listened to Arabic music for some reason, and then I dug deep into it, and I found out the similarities, and at the same time, why it's different from the music from the West, you know? And... Arabic trap music, man, I'm telling you, if you're a guy who's into working out like me, if you take fitness, you know, seriously, if you pop into your ears and Arabic trap music, dude, it's going to push you. Just take my word for it. Listen to Arabic trap music, download a few albums. You're going to feel, you know, pumped. Well, I know what I'm doing tomorrow when I go to the gym. Let me tell you something. I mean, I take fitness very seriously, too. Um... I've been going probably every day for going on seven years now. I have not missed a day. I just I have this kind of mental thing where I can't. But I'm over I'm trying to overcome that. But at the same time, I find podcasts, dude, listening to them, just hearing people talk, just being able to like I've been listening to them every day for almost seven years now. It'll be seven years in December. And I'm like, why am I not doing this? Like I have such a fascination with conversation. I might as well hop into it. Sometimes the thing that's closest to us we're overlooking because we're focusing on something that's right next to it. We're not even looking at what we really want to do, which could be that thing that we, we don't, we don't even think of until seven years or eight years later. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm, I think it's time we need, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. I was saying like, it's time we cut the noise and we actually concentrate on something that matters to us. Like you said, but you know how hard it is for people to even cut the noise, dude. It's just it's too much. The the i the AirPods they're too much. They're 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 too. Yeah. There's so many things you can use to it. And then every time I'm trying to listen to something, I accidentally double tap it, and Siri comes on. I'm like, no, no, you're interrupting my flow. It's it's. I think a lot of people we we tend to take something the wrong thing and we run with it for too long. And I feel like I don't want to be that guy that ends up you know 90 years old and I took something and justified it based on what somebody told me without experiencing it myself. Like I can't say, you know, 
this is true, this is true, this is true. I'm never going to truly know, but I'm going to try my best to uncover what I think is correct, what's based on my moral decisions or what's right in my mind. Exactly. I think that's an important point that you raised there. It's like, if you read something in the book, right, it's not going to matter to you if you just read it. What it matters is when you go out and take action and then you test it, you know. Now, I'd like to tell a story. A couple of years ago, I was struggling with procrastination. Like, I was 17, 18 years old, uh, first, second year of my university. I used to procrastinate the hell out of everything, you know. You know, I'd be like, okay, I can watch TV show right now. I don't need to do this. So I procrastinated to the very last minute. Uh, it became such a big problem that it was very evident that if I don't get rid of it, it's going to cost me a lot. So I decided to get myself this book uh, uh, called Procrastinate on Purpose. It's by Rory Vadden. Uh, and then I read it, and I was like, okay, well, what he talks makes sense, but I don't know whether it works. And since then, I decided to, okay, I'll take this principle one by one, and I'll try to bring a change in my life. I'll try to apply it. When I did it, like now I can confidently say that I applied Rory Vazen's principle in pretty much every aspect of my life, and he has taught me how to get rid of procrastination. So yes, you can't just read stuff and be done with it. You need to read it, apply it, and test it. And then you can say that, okay, this has worked for me or this hasn't. So, so how did you become, after being an introvert for so long, how did you decide that you wanted to become more extrovert or at least dr driven? Do you feel like you wasted time? I do feel like I wasted time. I wasted a lot of quality time when I could be out there meeting new people, building connections, but I wasn't. I was sitting in my room playing video games and watching TV. What hit me was when someone, I accidentally stumbled upon a motivational video on YouTube. And the guy was talking about how people think they've got a lot of time, but they really haven't. And he said, my worst fear, that was his worst fear, was not being able to perform at my highest potential. Not being able to give to this world what I can give. You know? And that kind of struck me. I was like, I wasted so much time doing all this non-productive stuff which hasn't had anything, which hasn't added anything of value in my life and in someone else's life. And I need to bring a change in myself. So since then, I started my entire journey of, you know, um, changing my mindset, putting positive deliberately into my mind just to kind of get rid of all the negatives and reading a lot of self-help and motivational books, listening to a lot of podcasts, attending seminars, leadership talks, and, and I continue to do it. Because I know the kind of purpose I want to make in my life. Do you feel like a lot of people just put themselves in a bubble of shrouded pain and they truly not try to put themselves in a good environment to kind of procrastinate or do these other types of things that they might be lazy to do? I mean, uh, I agree with that to some extent. Environment, yes, it does play a big factor in developing your mindset, but then you have examples, so many examples of people who were born in the wrong environment, but they chose to be different. So there is a threshold, there is a time when you have to make the decision that, okay, even if my environment that I found myself with says this, I'm going to disagree with that, I'm going to do my own thing. I think what really matters is, again, your own voice. There's one voice which you which you use to talk to other people, but there's another voice which a lot of people don't pay heed to. And that is your own voice which comes from the inside. You know, you can 
have a talk with you without actually speaking. That voice resides inside you. You need to make that voice heard first. That's number one. You need to understand that, okay, you have this internal voice that can drive you. You know, it can, it can power your unconscious to, to make you move, to make you get out of bed and take action. And then you need to train this internal voice to say positive things to you every single day. You need this voice to empower you every single day so that you can make a change in your own life. Now, I was afraid of speaking as well. And I wanted to become, I still want to become a great public speaker. And I was afraid of speaking. Um, I had a thick Indian accent, but I wanted to get rid of that. So I decided that, okay, whatever challenges I have, there is a solution. A problem exists because there is a solution. So I took a lot of, you know, accent level lessons, accent training, linguistics, and I was doing all, all sorts of those just to get rid of my thick Indian accent. Uh, I remember locking myself in the bathroom for hours, standing in front of the mirror and practicing speaking, you know. And then I still do it. Before a speech, I try to, you know, practice it and look myself in the mirror how I'm coming across the kind of words I should be choosing. I'll say that I'm not perfect right now. But it's an ongoing struggle, isn't it? So that internal voice of mine, I've trained it by putting so much positive inside me that it makes me move. I think it, it tells me that you're different and you need to make an action. I think the fact that you were able to do all that, first of all, taking accent classes and all that, that's, that is, I commend you for that because that is very difficult, especially if you're going to do public speaking. Like I've always been afraid of publicly speaking just because of the fact that I'll get nervous. And next thing I know, I'm like, oh God, I got a shit. But the whole fact is like you're you have an accent, obviously, but it's not like I can't understand you. Like you've already taken the drive to do that and you've already taken the ability to just to practice on your own time, you know, try and correct it as much as possible just to fall into what someone else is going to consider intelligible to listen to. Let me tell you something. You could have a thick accent. You could barely speak English. I'll still find you intelligent. I think that a lot of what the world sees is when you're looked at as different, you're not going to be heard. And the fact that you, you see that and you have to pursue better education for it, you have to do all these types of things to help your speaking out. I think that's, that's a sad, that's a sad little side effect of what the world's become today, man. Cause I, I should be able exactly. to find you interesting, even though you don't sound like me, which I do, but it's taken me all this extra work to understand that. I think people should be born with that. People should be born with that willingness or patience just to understand one another that's true totally understand that i mean i i totally agree with that it's it's the fact that we are different and i said that i said this before as well as the fact that we are unique is what makes us similar you know we need to appreciate different cultures it doesn't matter how you sound like how you look like what religious background ethnic background you come from as you said you need to you need to judge a man by his intelligence yeah, you need to you, you, like just like Jordan Belfort said, don't judge me by my winners, judge me by my losers because I have so few. The fact is, you can't judge somebody without making your own interpretation of them and you have to decide from both sides, you know, things you've heard, but also make your own justifications. You have to know 
truly who your neighbor is. You can't just walk around not talking to them till they're gone. You have to understand who's next to you, who's in your immediate line. We're all immediately in, affected into each other's lives. The fact that someone could get into a car accident and then you could be late to your work for an, by an hour. We all affect each other's lives, but we don't even realize that. Definitely, definitely. And I think a lot of it comes down to your company. Whom do you surround yourself with? And I think a couple of years ago, I read this quote. It said that you're a product of the books you read and the company you keep. So the very first thing that I said was I, start, I stopped associating with people who had a negative mindset, who were deliberately putting negative into my mind. And I started, like, you know, surrounding myself with real winners, people like, like Gary Vaynerchuk. I listen to his podcast, his videos every single day, and he empowers me to do stuff, you know. So you need to have that change of environment. The environment that you were born in was handed to you. But once you're in this world, you know, you can't choose your own environment. And I think when that shift happens, that has a long-lasting lasting impact upon you and your personality. Would you say this is a problem with comfortability? Would you say that people's choice of pursuit of happiness, do you see that as being a pursuit of being what's comfortable, not being a pursuit of what we truly want? I think to some extent, yes. As I said before, a lot of us are looking at being happy. A lot of us are looking at the end result, which is good, but that's only half the job done. We need to look at all the struggles and all the journeys that we need to implement first in order to get there. Now, to do that, you realize that you can't do it alone, you know? You need to have a team of people to get to your end goal. Now, that team of people is something that you need to decide who they should be. You want to surround yourself with real winners who will drive you to your end goal, or do you want to have, you know, uh, like random people who just talk negative, you know, who's just going to retract you from your own destination? I think... A lot of what truly comes down to the basis of things, what Bruce Lee said, like life, God gave you this road because you were the one strong enough to walk it. Like the problems that are in your life are, I would never take any of my problems away. I wouldn't have any, take anything I went through. I would not want anybody to go through what I went through. But at the same time, those are what turned me into what made me today. You know, everything I... Everything I faced, everything I overcome, same with you, everything you faced, everything you overcome through discrimination, through coming to a new country, to learning a new language, to adapting to be able to speak more comfortably in a new language. Like you, you had roadblocks that were set for you and you overcame those and those made you to the formative person you are today to make you such an amazing and inspiring person. And yet everyone chooses to look at like, oh, this problem's in my way, so I'm going to take my anger out on somebody else. That problem was in your way because it was given to you to decide what you're going to do with it. Whether you want to believe in God, whether you want to believe in destiny, whatever whatever you want to believe, whatever suits you, you know, a fact, maybe a monkey is just spinning a ball of yarn and next thing you know, that's what suits you. Like, that's your thing, dude. You need to be able to understand, like, the only reason I, I talk, I joke because that's how I, that's how I talk. I like to joke around, but you can't sit here and tell people what they need to be doing in life or what they should be doing in life or how should they be acting without making it something funny, without them feeling that they're being berated by something. And it's not me – like someone could take anything I said and shove it out the window. It's not going to affect you. OK, that's fine. But I'm not looking at those people. I'm looking at 
the people that are going to take something from this. I'm looking at people that want to listen. I'm looking at the people that want to change. I'm not going to force change upon anybody, but I'm going to be giving people the the ability to understand that the world doesn't suck. You got to make it what you make it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the universe is going to test you. Every single move you put forward, you know, you're going to get challenges on that. But that would determine your real character, you know, how strong is your attitude, how strong is your determination. Every problem has a solution. It depends upon what you're focusing on. If you're focusing on the problem, it's going to grow bigger and bigger and it's going to consume. But when you come, like when you face a problem, and if you change your mindset and look to a solution, you'd see people are going to help you get through it. So change your focus and you'll get through in life. So what's your what? T- shout out your podcast, dude. But what, tell me some 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 people out there can find it, man. I want to hear this more motivation, dude. Oh yeah, absolutely. So my podcast is called the International Connection. Me and my co-host Alex, who's from Brazil, uh, we connect every single day, and uh, we talk to people from around the world who are doing something something creative on the side. Now most of us, uh, most of them are students who are either pursuing their passion or are like self-made entrepreneurs. But we talk about determination, motivation, and, and what, what led them to be different, what led them to be creative. And as I said, it's called The International Connection. You can visit our website called theinternationalconnection.com and can listen to our blogs, uh, sorry, listen to our podcast and read our blogs over there. You can find us on Spotify by the name of International Connection, same name on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Feel free to send us a comment on our website and we will reply to you in no time. Do you think that this yeah. this type of thing you're pursuing, do you think it's more like expanded your knowledge a little bit just on the people of the world? Definitely. Yeah, it definitely fulfills uh, all the challenges actually that I want to put myself through by talking to new people, connecting to, through different stories. But uh, creating a platform where people can come and share their stories has always been one of the dreams of mine. I think creating a podcast where every single week we have a new story on really pushes me to take action and makes me achieve that. Absolutely. Have you heard any bad tales or experienced any bad kind of uh, entrepreneurship, I guess you would say? I was talking to this girl a couple of weeks ago. She's from Portugal. and. Her passion is public health. She likes to help people. So she's uh, she's a nurse at this hospital in Portugal, and she goes through a lot of deaths. Now, I know like it's going to sound very dark, but she, she, she's seen that part of life. She's seen people taking the last breath, you know. But she still loves her job because she likes to spend and help those people, you know, who are breathing their last breath. She likes to be there for, her, for them. People who did not receive any sort of love in their own life, that they were left alone and now they're dying alone. But she, she, she loves to just be present in that environment and help them and tell them that, okay, I know you're going away, but you're not going away alone. Right? I'm here with you. And, and the way she, she puts it, like, it was so powerful, you know? It was so emotional that I kind of, like, I had to question myself, like, how lucky we are to be living where we are right now. And then there's this girl who does that on a daily basis, and she tries to help make a difference as much as she can. So that was really powerful. I think there's. Then, I think there's. Of, yep. Go ahead. Well, I think there's a lot of people that when they have a type of connection or they have a social interaction throughout the day, 
it's just it's like talking to a wet towel man it puts you down and it gets you in a mood but i feel like probably you've experienced it like i've experienced talking to somebody and then gotten so motivated where i was like damn let's go let's get some stuff done like that was awesome like you know something that's affected me i was like if we all have a, a interaction throughout the day that's positive like that it's just meeting one person out of a, a crowd of people that choose to be crappy that day you're going to be like motivated to get your whole day in gear get your life in gear I believe that negative comes natural to us. Like, human mind is powered to produce negative. You know, if you leave your garden for about a week, you'll see, like, weeds growing up there. Now, you didn't do anything to let them grow, but they still grew, right? So, so negative thoughts are just like that. But you can't get rid of negative. If I tell you right now to stop thinking of a monkey, what are you thinking of? Well, you just told me to stop thinking of a monkey, so now I'm thinking about a monkey and also Bigfoot. So. There we go. I can't just tell you to stop thinking negative because that's exactly what you're going to think of, you know? But you can put positive deliberately inside you so that the negative effect dilutes out. And like you said, meeting positive people, meeting empowering people, reading all these positive self-help books really helps you to dilute that negative factor which will make you different and will push you to choose the positive of your life, to view your life in a different way. I think the best thing for people to do is to start looking at the world when it's negative as as forcing you to act a certain way. Because for me, having a problem with authority, when something starts forcing me, like I have to act like that, I feel like I've lost control of my own life and I want to do the complete opposite of what's happening. So I decided to make it into a positive. Absolutely. See, see the ability to see the things better than what they are, not worse than what they are, is what separates a winner from a loser. Be the optimist. Be the optimist, exactly. Glass is half full, man. Well, you know what, man? I appreciate you coming on to my podcast and talking to me here, dude. Like, this was this is awesome. I'm glad you're out there doing that, and I hope more people follow it. And I'm going to link it into the description so people can follow this your podcast and be able to hear your thoughts with your co-host and be able to listen to these experiences because I think more of this needs to be out there. I think in a world of, I guess, kind of shadowed creativity, I think that there's a passion and a spark for it to grow. Absolutely. Likewise, Robbie, thank you so much for having me here and thank you for giving me this platform where I can come and share my thoughts with you, share my story. Uh, I would love to collaborate with you in any other projects, whatever help you need. I would just love to be there. And one thing that I want to tell you, like right now you said that you need one person in your life and after that you're empowered. Well, today, like listening to your story and having this conversation with you has empowered me so much that I really want to jump out of my chair and take, take actions towards my dreams. So thank you so much for doing that for me. No problem. You know, you, you know, we, if it, if it drove you that much, we should uh, go hunt for Bigfoot because he's out there. I'm telling you, I, f- I feel Absolutely. like he's, I think, a, I think, yeah, we should he, put he, that in our diary right now. Yeah. He's a, he's a hidden, he's a hidden mystery and I, I don't think it's, it should be a mystery any longer. Well, thank you so much, Jaggert. It was awesome, dude. I appreciate having you on the podcast, and I hope to have you on again soon. Absolutely, Robbie. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Now, keep empowering and keep motivating people like you're already doing.